Like the eternal city that is Rome, where the ecclesiastical splendor of the Renaissance completely enthralls the imagination. The dome of St. Peter's rises upwards like a heavenly choir. From the topmost pinnacle, the centuries that are Rome spread out in everlasting significance. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good Monday, the best day of the week. Uh, so today, um, firstly, I'd like to welcome on my co-host, James. I'm sure a few of you know James. Uh, we also have a special guest today, Alan Smith of Bishop Sheen Today. Uh, that's Bishop Sheen Today Media and Publishing. So can you tell us a bit about what your company does? Right. Um, what we do is we share Bishop Sheen to a whole new generation of viewers and listeners and uh, many older folks, I like to say mature individuals know and love Fulton Sheen and uh, still want to acquire his works today. And so uh, what we've done over the last 15 years is we've uh, tried to make sure that uh, the writings of Archbishop Sheen, his many books, uh, some say there's 66, some say there's 72, but let's just say there's a lot of books. And we want to make sure that they're still in circulation today. Uh, we've been able to re-release a number of lost works, uh, things that haven't been printed in 80 years. And so uh, we just want to make sure that Archbishop Sheen is appreciated and uh, just loved by not just those in North America, but in Europe, Australia, the Philippines. Uh, we have this worldwide apostolate, and this is what we're doing. And of course, we have a, a I want to say one of the most popular websites uh, on the marketplace today. It's bishopsheentoday.com. And there we get a million viewers every, every year, people coming to the website to watch videos, to listen to talks, uh, just to download a few free books. So uh, everything Fulton Sheen's there at bishopsheentoday.com. So uh, our media outreach is just uh, there to uh, get people connected because uh, I found Archbishop Sheen later in my life when I was 48 years old, and some people find him very early, uh, but we, we want you to find him, and that's what we do. We're here to help bring Fulton Sheen to the world once again. So he's brought hundreds of thousands of souls to Christ uh, over the years, and he'll continue to bring souls to Christ in the future. We just have to make sure his voice doesn't go silent. Yeah, so are you a convert, a revert? I am uh, a cradle Catholic. I guess I have to always white to kind of say, okay, what's the terminology they like to give me? Uh, born into the faith, uh, of course, I come from a small Catholic family of 12 children. Uh, so the faith was lived. And um, again, it was just, it's all I know. Going to daily mass um, before school, uh, it's just kind of the life I was born into. And I uh, just kept that holy habit of going to Mass every day uh, up to today. So uh, I'm a blessed man. Uh, I don't know anything but being Catholic. So, again, it's uh, kind of different for some. But, uh, again, it's all about environment. I grew up in a sleepy village where uh, the Mass was celebrated. And there was lots of large Catholic families around me. So um, uh, we just kind of went with the flow. And it uh, has a, a good ending is what I like to say. Yeah. So like, where did your interest in Fulton Sheen come from? 
What was well, your first uh, discovery of Sheen? Was it like a book or his television show? Yeah, I tell you this. I tell this story all the time. I, I was dropping one of my daughters off to a small Catholic college uh, in Barry's Bay, Ontario, Canada, uh, a little college called Our Lady Seat of Wisdom College. And so me being the good dad, I wanted to make sure my daughter was uh, in protective custody. I wanted to make sure she was settled into her dormitory and I was meeting the staff and looking at the other students and being the good dad. And my good wife was in the library of the school looking at uh, the resources, seeing what books were there. And there was a box of free books. And of course, my good wife being thrifty saw the word free. And so she picked up a bunch of free books. And one of those books was a book by Archbishop Sheen called Peace of Soul. And so we're driving back in the car and I said to my good wife, what did you get? What did you pick up? And she says, oh, I got a bunch of free books. And she showed me the book by Archbishop Sheen called Peace of Soul. I said, oh, that's interesting. I'll read some of it to me. And she opened up the book, and the very first lines of that book are simply this. Unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And when I heard those words, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved, I thought, I like this author. I like the way he's talking. Uh, because I kind of grew up with a bit of an evangelical background, uh, kind of a charismatic background about saving souls. You know, let's go save some souls. Let's hand out some Bible tracts. Let's bring people to Jesus. And it was kind of like a revival. And so when I heard that language about saving souls, I said, I want to read more. And so I came home and I said to my good wife, can I read that book? And she says, no, 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 you get your own Bishop Sheen book. I'm going to be a while with this one. And so I went onto the internet and looked up Bishop Sheen. And to my surprise, you know, he had dozens and dozens of books. And so I scrolled through his list of titles and I said, okay, which one can I, which one interests me? And there was this book called Victory Over Vice, uh, a book he penned in 1939. And it explains how the seven deadly sins can be overcome by using the seven last words as the remedy. And wow. I tell you, I read that book and it's like I found a new parish priest. I found someone who kind of understood me, uh, gave me some answers to these questions that I had been asking for years. How do I overcome the sin of anger, the sin of lust, the sin of greed, the sin of laziness? And he had the answers in that book, Victory Over Vice. And so I'm 48 years old, and I'm reading my first book by Archbishop Sheen, and I was hooked. I was hooked, and I just started to consume his writings, um, you know, every month it seemed. And uh, by the end of about a year, I had read 20 of his books. Uh, they were that good because he was writing about virtue. He was writing about the way to happiness. He was writing about how to appreciate the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, all of these things. And I thought, he gets society. He understands what's broken and how to fix it. And uh, this is what he did on his television show. Uh, every week he was talking about what was important to the audience, those issues of the day, and yet putting the gospel uh, before America, uh, 30 million people tuning in each week, just to present an answer, and that answer is Christ. And uh, we need God, and that our lives are worth living. 
Uh, God has a plan for each and every one of us, and Sheen made that very clear. So I tell you, I was hooked, and I just started to say, you know what? I don't want to keep this to myself. I want to start sharing this. And, you know, for a number of years now, I've been active at a small radio station in my community. It's just a, a community radio station. Uh, we transmit and try to reach the 500,000 people in our area. Uh, and I do a rosary show every Sunday. But I said to the station manager, I'd like to do some Bishop Sheen on the radio. I'd like to replay some of his old audio recordings. And I was able to get the permission to replay his old stuff. And we went on the air back in 2012 on a Monday evening time slot. And I just started sharing Fulton Sheen on the radio. And the phone lines lit up. Protestants, Jews, non-Catholics were calling in saying, it's great to hear his voice again. And of course, the Catholics appreciated Fulton Sheen too. Mm -hmm. But I started to realize he had this great appeal for the masses. Everybody liked Fulton Sheen. And so uh, this radio show has been a hit. And now I host this radio show uh, all over the world. It's heard on Radio Maria in Australia, the Philippines, Ireland, England, United States of America, and Canada. So um, Fulton Sheen is... Um, People want to hear his voice, and so uh, it's very easy for me. And I just simply just show up and uh, do my thing, and people want it. So, again, that was the humble beginnings. Was a little book in uh, Barry's Bay, Ontario, by my good wife, uh, has blossomed into this uh, ministry of sharing Sheen all over the world. Yeah, and so Archbishop Sheen's really relevant uh, even to uh, to today's world, just because. The world hasn't changed that much uh, like from that uh, 1960s generation the 70s generation uh, it's still the same uh, errors the same chaos so yeah he does have a timeless message really um, do you think that someone has come to like uh, take the role that Fulton Sheen had as this great evangelizer using uh, these new mediums of like telecommunications um, my guess would be Bishop Barron, but do you believe um, our Father Mike Schmitz as well? Uh, but do you think someone has actually like uh, taken the initiative to kind of take that place that Fulton Sheen once had? Yeah, there's there's only one Fulton Sheen, and um, sometimes I think they broke the mold after that. But you know, we have some very popular priests. Of course, Bishop Robert Barron has a great reach. Uh, you know, of course, everyone knows Father Michael Schmitz, it seems. Uh, of course, his Bible in the Year podcast, one of the top-rated podcasts. And so, um, but I think it's that idea of how many of them are engaging the culture. Um, again, challenging people to come to the church. Um, you know, Bishop Robert Barron uh, does great work. Um, and of course, in his early years, he made commentaries on movies and uh, different things in the media. Uh, so he was uh, striking up a conversation with us, which was very healthy. We need to have these conversations. And yet, I don't think anybody has really uh, duplicated what Fulton Sheen did, uh, you know, with his radio work of, in the 30s and 40s, and of course, his television work in the 50s and 60s. So um, again, there'll never be another Fulton Sheen. But again, the media has changed. I look at uh, how there was only three 
channels on television in the 50s when Fulton Sheen was, you know, in his heyday. Yet now, how many choices do we have? Thousands of channels, thousands of podcasts, thousands upon thousands of choices. So it's a different landscape today. Uh, it's very hard to kind of really carve out a great segment of the market. We're all doing our little part. And I think that's important that we just bloom where, where we're planted. Uh, my podcast, your podcast, they all have an effect, a positive effect. Uh, but I don't know if we'll ever get someone that will dominate the media like Fulton Sheen did. Yeah. So are you very familiar with Blessed Carlo Acutis? Yes. The first yes. millennial um, to be beatified, I think is the right. correct term. But um, yeah, he, he had the website, which was a great tool of evangelization. Um, so yeah, like the internet is a really great tool. Uh, and like all of these forum methods, radio, television, uh, it really al allows for like saints of a new age. Um, and that's the book I'm thinking of writing. That's going to use um, like 200 different writers, each writer writing a page. Uh, it's already got like 200 people have signed up for this book. Um, I just put up like a Twitter post and had a crazy reaction. So I'm scrambling to catch up with that now. Um, but anyhow, like I like that idea, saints of a new age, um, just like these new areas of evangelization that um, our ancestors didn't have open to them. Um, so, yeah, like uh, I, was, yeah. I was thinking. I um, yeah. See, Fulton Sheen used everything. So, mm -hmm. you know, he was on radio. Yes. On television. But every year he would produce one or two books. So we wanted to make sure people were reading books. Then he had his newspaper column that was syndicated for 30 consecutive years. So from 1949 to 1979, Fulton Sheen would have a weekly column in secular newspapers and another column in Catholic media. So he was always engaging the culture, either in print, radio, or television. He just stayed busy. He was making sure that everything was covered. That uh, it doesn't because there was people that just read the papers but didn't really care for television. There were people that just read books but didn't want to listen to the radio. So, you know, again, he was just saying, "I'm going to make sure that I blanket everything." And I think if he was alive today, he'd be on Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> YouTube, you know, you know, everything, everything, because he's saying blanket it, blanket the market. And of course, Fulton Sheen had a great zeal, had a missionary zeal. His whole, he took the gospel literally when it said, go and preach to all nations. And he said many times that his favorite work is sharing the faith, the propagation of the faith. And he was the director, the national director of the propagation of the faith for 16 years and did missionary trips to Africa, India, all over the world. And he put the poor on the map. He brought them to our attention um, and raised millions of dollars um, for the relief of the poor. And so, again, it was that zeal he had for sharing the faith and bringing souls to Christ. Go back to that original quote, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. We have to make saving souls our number one priority. Yeah, and so just, um, it's like St. Francis of Assisi, like how he said that as he was like building up the monastery, he was working on his soul. It's like Fulton Sheen, as he was evangelizing, 
doing all of these things, writing books, radio, uh, the television show. It was like building up his own soul um, and making him like literally an, a saint of um, today's age, the modern world. So, yeah, well, um, I know your organization is kind of pushing the canonization of Fulton Sheen. Why do you think um, there's been some kind of uh, tension there? Like some people say, oh, Fulton Sheen wasn't a saint. Um, yeah. Any any thoughts on that entire debate? Yeah. No. And I, I get this. I get this question. I've had this question for the last 10 years because I've been blessed to sit on the board of directors uh, for the Sheen Foundation in Peoria, Illinois. I, I work for the cause. So I'm 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 on the I'm in the inner circle. I, you know, I'm one of the guys that, um, you know, is connected. And uh, so I kind of know the real story. Um, there's many people that course have these opinion pieces and they kind of think well we think this is going on at the vatican and oh we really think well, this is what's really going on in new york and so all of these commentaries that we read in the paper uh and and find on social media you know i can always just tell people the truth here's what's really happening um you know that uh again in 2002 the cause was opened and the bishop of peoria went to the Vatican to open up the cause. Uh, Sheen's, um, you know, I want to say uh, our petition to make him a saint. Uh, New York didn't want to do it. Rochester didn't want to do it. Uh, but the Diocese of Peoria embraced this uh, project of uh, trying to have Sheen, uh, you know, raised to the um, you know, the glories of being a saint. And so, uh, because he is from Peoria. Again, people have to understand that he was ordained a priest, uh, again, in Peoria, and then he was on loan to the Catholic University of America for those years. And so he was always attached to Peoria, He'd always come home to visit family and, you know, give thanksgiving for his vocation. So although some people say, oh, New York owns him, uh, he's a New York priest. Well, yeah, he became famous in New York, but he's really a Peoria boy and uh, loves uh, the Midwest. So, uh, again, there's always going to be the war over, you know, who owns him. Uh, of course, there was a, a, a great war over his physical remains. Uh, the the lawsuits that were uh, being put forward, again, to keep his body in New York and or bring it back to Peoria. And, you know, cool heads prevailed. And I think, you know, holy wisdom won the day. And of course, Fulton Sheen's remains came back to Peoria at the request of his family. Again, the family has a lot to say. And so his mm -hmm. uh, remains are in Peoria, a beautiful uh, crypt that is there. Uh, people come by the tens of thousands to visit uh, the tomb of Fulton Sheen every year. Uh, it's a lot easier to get to Fulton Sheen's tomb uh, in Peoria than it is in New York City. I mean, parking, uh, it's difficult, it's difficult. <laughs> so it's quite inviting, but um, you know, the cause proceeded so beautifully in 2012. Um, again, Pope Emeritus, uh, Pope Benedict XVI, God rest his soul, declared Sheen uh, venerable. And of course, uh, the Holy Father, uh, in 2019, approved the miracle of the little boy that was brought back to life. And so the church has kind of said, you know, he's a saint. Let's declare him blessed. And of course, set the date for the beatification mass, which was sadly postponed. Uh, we live in the climate of a church, which I think everybody wants to be 100% sure that 
there's no uh, improprieties. And yet we knew that uh, all the investigative work that we did during the, um, I guess, the scrutinies of a saint over the years, we knew Fulton Sheen had handled all the cases in Rochester very well, also in New York. So we knew there was no bad news that would ever come out of any investigation, but we live in a climate where we wanna be sure, we wanna be sure. And so the postponement was granted. And yet uh, the Vatican has been dealing with us saying, we want to give you a new date. We, uh, we're just asking you to, of course, um, get the reports from the uh, solicitor generals and all these other legal beagles that are, um, you know, out there in the, um, I guess, the state of New York. Uh, there was a statue of limitations set. And so, um, so the courts move slow. They really do. And it's sad that yeah. the courts have something to say with something that's of the church. Uh, the church has ruled on Fulton Sheen, approved the miracle declared his writings to be free of error. Um, you know, the church is waiting to just say, we want to have this beatification mass, yet we've kind of handed things over to the legal system, the courts of America, to kind of, um, you know, say yay or nay, which is, which is a bit of a travesty. It really is. And so um, I always say to people, we will see a new date. Um, again, Rome is very positive towards our position. And uh, I think we were spoiled. I think we were spoiled with Mother Teresa. I think we were spoiled with John Paul II. Um, these saints were, um, I don't, don't want to say fast-tracked, but let's just say they crossed the finish line very quickly. They really <laughs> did. And I think when people say, who are the most popular Catholics that you know of, they all say the same thing. John Paul II, Mother Teresa, Fulton Sheen. So I think we were expecting Fulton Sheen to be across the finish line really quick. Uh, but again, I think sometimes it's helped the cause. I think there's more interest in Fulton Sheen even today with this so-called cloud hanging over the cause than there is um, if he was just beatified back in 2019. Sometimes we forget our saints that are beatified. We move on. Uh, but I think this is keeping Fulton Sheen's writings in the media uh, all the prophecies he made in the 40s on radio, uh, they're all coming true. So, uh, again, people are interested in Fulton Sheen. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting you bring up that point about yeah. prophecy. Uh, right before we came on, I was thinking back on uh, one of Bishop Sheen's talks that really stuck in my head when I heard it. I it, it was like the perfect environment for me to be listening to it. I was sitting out on the porch at a Glen Mary mission in Tennessee while on a mission trip with a bunch of, with a bunch of my friends just listening to one of his talks and it was talking about a, a Russian premiere or something that had come to visit America. And he had seen the filming of some burlesque style performance in Hollywood and made the comment of saying, this is the beginning of the moral decline of America. This being a comment from this uh, Russian premiere and Fulton Sheen was agreeing with him. And I just kind of opened my eyes cause I've been kind of resting sitting in this rocking chair. And I was like, what, wait, wait oh no, <laughs> he's, he's very right on that one. Right. Yeah. No, Fulton, yeah, no and, and, and I mean, I don't want to jump in so quickly, but it's I mean, you listen to his talks in the 40s and, you know, he's talking about the end of Christendom. He's talking about how, you know, we say we're fighting for Christianity, for uh, a, a moral order. He says, are we really? He says, we don't even go to church on Sundays. We're playing golf on Sundays. 
we don't put our children into parochial schools. Like, like who's fooling who? Like he was calling us out to say, um, like, listen, um, and he would even, um, I don't want to say insult us, but he'd, he'd kind of say, listen, you know, everybody thinks Hitler's the Antichrist and look at Hitler, what he's doing. He breaks all these treaties. Um, you know, it's he'll sign something, but do something different. Um, and, and Hitler even said, he says, it's easy for me to do this. And because America does the same thing. They make these promises to God. They say, I'll get married and to death do us part. He says, and they divorce in two years. He says, they can't even keep a covenant like that. So who's who's any different? And Fulton Sheen would say it's maybe not quality, it's quantity or whatever. But he's saying, listen, we all got similar problems. So let's not point the finger at Hitler. Let's point the fingers at ourselves and say, hey, we need to look into our own souls because we got problems. So very sobering, very sobering. But you well, listen to Fulton kind of interesting Sheen. off of what yeah. you brought up with his talk about the fall of Christendom. This is something that was occurring to me when you were talking earlier about the sort of massive influence that he had was this was a Catholic priest who had one of the mainstream television shows in the United States of America within living memory. I, I talked to my my dad about this a while ago. My dad's only a little bit older than you are. I was like, hey, have you ever heard of uh, Fulton Sheen? He's like, well, I never watched his stuff, but your grandparents were always raving about him. And I'm just hearing that, reflecting on that. I was like, I cannot imagine what it would be like to see a Catholic priest with that kind of a defiantly authoritative, like, thickly Catholic pro-Christendom message on mainstream media today. I, I can't mentally imagine what that would look like. If I flipped on the TV and saw it, I would I would think someone made a mistake at the station or something. Yeah. It's like, did they, did they let this guy in the back somehow? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of people that say, well, maybe they're stalling uh, Fulton Sheen's beatification process because of all of his writings against communism. And they don't really want those to be re- introduced uh, too quickly, too quickly. And you look at his shows in the 1950s, Life is Worth Living. He did many shows speaking against communism. And mm -hmm. there was the famous show where he predicted uh, the death of Stalin. And he uh, used, um, again, uh, some great poetry. And I think he was, um, he was using the play of Julius Caesar, where Caesar is betrayed. And he inserted the names of the communist leaders. And he looked into the camera and he says, uh, you know, Mr. Stalin, your day will come soon. And within five days of that broadcast, Joseph Stalin had a massive stroke and was dead a few days later. And so everybody took notice of Fulton Sheen saying he even called uh, this death. And um, again, but not afraid to talk about communism on television to 30 million people and to say, we got to we got to be careful. This stuff's coming for us. And, uh, you know, we will become, you know, America is the seed of communism. And sometimes we look at today and we go, um, it's here. It's here. I live in Canada and I can say, I can tell you, uh, you know, socialism has been around for a long time in Canada, this socialist mindset. Uh, but again, it, it, it transitions into communism. So uh, it's just knocking on the door. So uh, Fulton Sheen was was warning us, warning us, warning us. And, you know, I've been very active re-releasing uh, Sheen's works on communism. Uh, I did a book called War and Peace, uh, Sheen's writings during the war years. And they're very relevant today. We re-released the Declaration of Dependence, uh, Sheen's classic 1941 book. That 
is a bestseller. People are saying, uh, we need the wise old sage from the past to come today and show us the way. And Sheen does that with his writing. So uh, I tell you, uh, there's a lot of people that don't want this stuff to get out, but we're doing our best to uh, re-release uh, Sheen's writings. Uh, Communism and the Conscious of the West, again, a bestseller now, uh, re-released by Tan Books. So uh, there's a lot of good stuff out there. <laughs> there's there's good reading material, and you'll kind of say, I get it now. I get it. Well, and one of the things that sort of kind of defined Fulton Sheen more than anything else was just the fact that he was kind of just the avatar of the West to an extent. Like you made the point of saying that when he's predicting the death of Stalin, he's referencing poetry here and Shakespeare here. You can almost mentally see the image of him during some of his shows where he's got like four books sitting out on the table open to the section he needs there. And it's, it's one of those things where you realize that we here in the modern world live because of our education system, because of the distraction of you know social media and phones and all that stuff. We live in a lot of cases at a severe fissure from that tradition of Western civilization that someone like Fulton Sheen takes part in. And so it creates a situation where you read Fulton Sheen and it almost feels like you're reading someone providing some of Chesterton's criticisms of the society of his day, but updated for time because both those men exist as modern manifestations of this sort of very ancient tradition of literature and this ancient tradition of scholarship that defines Catholicism. And so I guess the question I'm getting to here is, I wonder how do you think it is maybe that our society's decreasing connection to that tradition of Christendom might affect our ability to understand what Fulton Sheen is saying now? Right. I think what happens is we get too hung up in talking about politics and not about our souls and Jesus Christ. Um, Fulton Sheen says, yeah, I'm going to talk to you about politics, but I'm going to make sure that in this 30 minutes that I have, I'm going to introduce Christ. I'm going to introduce, you know, what he did for us in this conversation. And I think that's what's lacking is we get, we get, we just get sideswiped. We get uh, veered off course. We talk forever about this political uh, ideology, this, that, but we, at the end of the day, we go, we never talked about Jesus Christ. We never talked about the saints who are this holy example. We never talked about Our Lady. Like, we don't talk about the things of heaven. And I think this is where Fulton Sheen never missed a beat. He says, I'm going to make sure I'm going to talk about Jesus today. And even if it was in a comical way, like I remember one show he did, uh, he talked about, you know, the awards. And, of course, he was talking about receiving his Emmy Award as the most outstanding television personality. And, you know, he thanked his writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know. So he's still saying, you know, what makes me tick is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the word of God. That's where I get my material from. That's why I won this award. It's not me. It's God. And so he was quick to bring, you know, the conversation to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the apostles. And, you know, he would say, even on other award show, he'd say, you know, I was watching people come up to the stage and they would thank their family or thank this. But he says they never thank God. He says it reminds me of our blessed Lord. He healed 10 lepers and all 10 were made clean and he sent them on their way. And only one of them came back to thank him. Mm -hmm. Our poor blessed Lord had only one come and thank him. Are we the nine? Are we those unthankful, ungrateful uh, people? He stirred our heart. He got us to look into our soul 
to do an assessment to say, wow, I could do better. I could do better. But again, talking about award show, bringing it to Christ, bringing it to Christ. And that's what we need in today's conversation. We need to somehow insert Christ into the conversation. And I think that's the challenge for all of us in, in the media that we have today. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, one of the things that uh, me and Michael are working this is we're trying to sell what we're doing here with Catholicism for the modern world as a renaissance in Christendom because it's that need yeah. to understand. There's that famous quote from uh, that American political scholar, Andrew Breitbart, that politics is downstream from culture. Well, culture is downstream from faith. Every part of the culture that once held sway over America and Britain and Canada and Western Europe as a whole is rooted in the personhood of Jesus Christ. And if you remove that, eventually Shakespeare stops making sense. Eventually, you know, Matthew Arnold just becomes nonsense. Eventually, all of the writers, whether they're reacting negatively against Christ, like someone like Karl Marx or Adolf Hitler or any of the other sort of more modernist philosophers, or acting positively toward him, like Thomas Aquinas, none of it makes sense. All of these people just become like vaguely insane to you because they're talking about concepts that you can't relate to anymore. Yeah, and I think that speaks to just um, the modern plague isn't like um, this great tendency towards evil or good. It's like a inclination towards indifferentism. Uh, it's like indifferentism doesn't um, ponder the questions of good or evil. It just uh, ignores things. And it's, uh, as Alan was saying, just distracted by other things like those lepers. They went on to do other things rather than to uh, contemplate and to thank God uh, to mm -hmm really be receptive to gratitude even right. well yeah because if satan can get you to be lukewarm he still wins right yeah yeah and i think what i think what fulton sheen did so well that and again if you watch enough of his shows he would always introduce the story of the cross he would bring the crucifix into the conversation uh almost in a way saying where's the crucifix in your life do you have a crucifix in your home do you um you know kind of spend any time holding a crucifix in your hand each day and thanking the good Lord for dying on the cross for you. Again, he would give away, Fulton Sheen would gift tiny little crucifixes to people he would meet because he would say, I want you to have this holy habit of holding a crucifix in your hand each day and spending a little bit of time. And of course, if you can meditate on the words he said from the cross, the seven last words. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This day you'll be with me in paradise. Woman, behold your son, behold your mother. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I thirst, it is finished. And Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. These seven statements, these beautiful seven last words, are something to ponder each day. But spend some time with the crucifix. And you watch Fulton Sheen in his hands. A lot of times he's grabbing his pectoral cross, almost saying, look to the cross, look to the cross. It's, it's all there. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas said, I've learned more from the crucifix than any of my books. I've learned more from the crucifix than any of my books. So Fulton Sheen wants us to point us to the cross and the story of the cross. And of course, that great scripture, unless I preach Christ and him crucified, uh, the importance of bringing that story into people's lives to say, ah, he did this for me. Now I have to respond back to him and thank him. So uh, again, that was one of his secret weapons. 
is to bring the cross into people's lives, that conversation about what God did for us. That's an excellent point. Um, I think, yeah, you, you can just uh, see that Fulton Sheen had a deep spiritual life. I think that's why he was really so popular. Because um, that time, people look back at the greatest generation, the 1920s generation, um, and they see it like all uh, idealistically, but they don't realize that that generation actually had many problems that really led to like the problems of the 60s and 70s. Because those didn't just come out of nowhere. They came from the parents and the grandparents. Um, I think Father Ripperger uh, noted that during the Great Depression, there was opportunity for a lot of suffering. Um, but like a lot of the people coming out of the jazz age, uh, the age of like um, spending a lot of money, consumerism that led to the Great Depression, instead of embracing all that suffering, they really just um, kind of tolerated it. They didn't embrace it. And so I think like Fulton Sheen coming around the 40s, um, he really kind of in the same way as Thomas Merton, just really um, was on to like a new path that like the current society wasn't going down. Uh, and so like they were, there was these um, kind of empty, empty moments, empty uh, places. So like the culture was kind of looking back the other way. Um, and that's why I think he's kind of getting really popular again now because uh, we're even further down this other path and um, we're feeling that coldness of getting away from God, getting away from the sun. So we're looking back the other way. Right. Um, yeah. It's a really timeless I mean, message. Yeah. Two things I think of is that Fulton Sheen, when people look at his converts, how he converted communists, you know, Boudins. Um, again, it just, you, you think of how he takes these movie stars and brings them back to the faith. Uh, Bella Dodd, again, a great, another communist leader. I mean, just his converts, um, Henry Ford II, uh, many, again, I just the list, it just, it's, it grows all the time. Yet he had something to say, if he can convert those people and bring them to the Catholic faith, uh, it's going to be easier for me to make that decision to come to Christ. I know my father is a convert because of Fulton Sheen. Uh, he made becoming a Catholic very easy uh, because, again, all of these hard, nut, hard nuts to crack, became Catholic, it's like all of a sudden you realize, okay, there's something very good about living the faith and uh, just falling in love with Jesus Christ. It's okay. And to be fed by the sacraments. And of course, Sheen's love for the holy hour, where he encouraged everyone to spend an hour each day with our blessed Lord, especially if you're Catholic. Come to Mass, spend a half hour at Mass, and then stay an extra half hour and adore the Lord. But if you're not Catholic, you know, if you're Jewish, you're Protestant, spend an hour with the scriptures, spend that time with God. So he was really calling us to prayer, saying you need to have this intimacy with God, this relationship with him. And of course, we're seeing a Eucharistic revival uh, in many areas of the world right now. And so it's that whole idea of spending time with God and listening to him. Uh, we can listen to him while we're adoring him. So uh, these are the keys uh, to Fulton Sheen's success where he deals with souls. And he says, we're all struggle with sin. Some of you are famous. I know you're, 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 you're just being pulled in by, you know, the fame and fortune, but you have a soul. So come back to God. And it doesn't matter where we are, where we are in our walk. There's that call back to God. And that's what Fulton Sheen did so well. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, tell us about some of the positive experiences you've um, gotten to experience, not to use the same word twice, just uh, from your apostolate, from spreading the message of Sheen. Well, you know, I have to walk the walk if I kind of talk the talk, right? So um, I've just put Fulton Sheen's writings into practice in my own life. Um, I've used his programs, um, his catechism series, his 50 lessons to learn the faith, you know, listen to them, read them, you know, and uh, study, study my faith with the help of Fulton Sheen. He wrote a beautiful book on the sacraments in 1962 called These Are the Sacraments. Uh, I read that book and I see that, you know, baptism is very powerful, <laughs> you know, confirmation, all the sacraments, we need them. Um, you know, I read his books on Our Lady because um, many of us struggle with the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, you know, do we really love her as our mother? And yet Fulton Sheen gives us practical ways of how to involve her in our lives and to appreciate her. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, so I think this is what I say to people is that, you know, read his stuff and try to put it into practice. And yet, you know, everywhere I go, everyone has a Sheen story uh, where Sheen touched them either through a radio address, a television show, a book, or a personal encounter. There's many people who are still alive that met Fulton Sheen. Um, and of course, speak of his sanctity, uh, his great uh, charism, his love for soul. And so, um, you know, there's so many beautiful stories, but I just always say, give him a try. Uh, read, just pick up one of his books and try to put it into practice. It's amazing what it'll do for your soul. Um, the Holy Hours helped me a great deal, but really just how to understand people, um, you know, to learn not to judge others too quickly, uh, to spend more time looking into my own soul and to, instead of my neighbor's soul. Uh, I love to spend time criticizing my neighbor a lot, <laughs> but yet I need to spend some time being critical of myself. And I think we're afraid to look inside our souls. We're just afraid. And yet, Fulton Sheen's don't, don't be afraid to look in your soul, spend time, do an examination of conscience, uh, every night especially, um, using the seven deadly sins, you know, they call it the seven pallbearers of the soul. Look at the seven deadly sins and, and kind of say, did I fall into any of them? And can I make the amendment to change my life and to do better? Uh, but to realize that we have to look inside um, and work on that, that most important thing, which is our soul. Again, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved, including saving our own soul. So uh, we got to work. What do they say? Fail to plan, plan to fail. <laughs> you got to have a plan. <laughs> you got to have a plan. And Fulton Sheen has some pretty good plans. Uh, there you go. Yeah, so I'll ask James, what was um, your like first encounter with Fulton Sheen? Was that reading a book of his or watching his television program? Well, so the interesting thing is, is that I, because of the internet, you always have access to everything always now. And it, it, as a result of that, I had heard of Fulton Sheen numerous times before I actually made a serious effort to actually involve myself in anything he produced. He's just one of those names that kind of floats around out there. You know, you'll see him appear in in meme compilations or something like that, or you'll see people talking about a show. And then one day, I don't know what possessed me to do it. I, I just sat down and watched an episode of his show. And I was like texting four or five of my friends. It's like, this is this is way, way more intense than I had any than I had any belief it was before. 
And of course, in a, in a predictable example of God seeking to humble me, every person I texted was like, yeah, you, you didn't know that? It's like, well, no, I, just, I hadn't engaged in it before. And it's one of those things where hearing him speak for the first time, having never heard anyone go that in-depth with that much passion and that much gravitas and stage presence presenting the gospel before, it created one of those experiences in life where you can't even necessarily remember what the person said you just remember the entire like body shaking feeling of a change in yourself as you're listening to them explain it. I mean, I, I remember individual things he said from point to point. But the thing that was sort of shocking to me when I first started listening to his stuff was that he was saying things I already knew, but saying them in a way that I understood them truly for the first time ever. And so it created a situation where I only seriously started engaging in his work like a couple of months ago, like a little bit before I left on that trip for Glen Mary, I mentioned earlier in this, um, in this uh, whole interview process, which was yeah. only like three months ago. And it got to the point where he had already, in less than three months time, just taken up the same place in my mind that someone like Chesterton, who I've been reading for years, did. I mean, just as a person that I regard almost not as infallible, because that's, you know, something you shouldn't give to someone that's not the Pope speaking in the context of ex cathedra, but just one of those people where if I hear him make a statement, it makes me take a second look at it, even if I wouldn't have before. Because <laughs> it's just that, that deep understanding of the wisdom of this person and the deepness of their connection to God, making you want to give them a second hearing in a way you wouldn't to just, you know, for lack of a better term, a normal person you encountered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what you can take to the bank is that every book that Fulton Sheen wrote has an imprimatur, a nihilobstat, everything's been pre-approved. You know, people always say, well, is there any, you know, anything that I should stay away from that Fulton Sheen wrote? I said, remember, every book has been church approved. And when his cause opened up, the Diocese of Peoria sent all 66 books, every video, every article, everything that Fulton Sheen ever wrote, said, or recorded to the Vatican for scrutiny. Um, our vice postulator, Andrew Apostoli, Father Andrew Apostoli, God rest his soul, said, if you want to be a saint quickly, don't write 66 books. And be on radio <laughs> because they're going to scrutinize it all. And yet, 10 years later, after reading all, it took them 10 years, but they finally said, yeah, no, there's no error in any of this stuff. And so there you go. I always say, you know, you, it's a safe bet. No matter what Fulton Sheen book you pick up, it's a safe bet. It's not going to steer you in the wrong direction. Uh, many people say they read Fulton Sheen and they have to put the book down every few minutes. They read a passage. They go, wow, that's so true. <laughs> that's so true. And they have to take a few moments to just, you know, process it. It's that good. It's that good. Mm -hmm. So I would just say it's, it's worth having a little bit of Sheen every day uh, because he speaks mm -hmm. to us in a way that is relatable. Uh, as I said earlier, the first book I read, Victory Over Vice, he helped me to develop a plan to overcome the seven deadly sins. And I think when we're really honest, we're saying personal holiness is the goal. I want to be a better person. I, I really want, I don't want to be, um, you know, just wallowing in my sin. I want to have some victories. And so Fulton Sheen, 
uh, does that. And of course, he just gives us practical ways to do it. So, um, you know, I cannot stress the, that book enough, Victory Over Vice. I say everyone needs to read that book. Um, some books are a little bit over my head. He wrote books on science. You know, it's like I'm going, what? You know, but he wrote about everything. So uh, there's something for everybody, is that's for sure. But uh, no, it's yeah. everything's pre it's all pre food. Do you have, um, oh yeah, I got a quick question. Would you have like a general recommendation, like a first recommendation? Yeah, yeah. So I always, I always say you start with victory over vice because we're all sinners. We all got to, we got to work on that stuff. You know, it's keeping us from God. So victory over vice, overcome, you know, just the sin of anger. You know, okay, we're an angry bunch. We're mad at a lot of things. But those words, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Our Lord is giving us uh, this great, uh, these words of wisdom, you know. And of course, he, he leads by example, our Lord, um, you know, the virtues especially. I think he wrote, of course, a book called The Seven Virtues the year later. Like, so 1939, he writes Victory Over Vice, The Seven Deadly Sins. And then 1940, he writes The Seven Virtues to say, okay, I'm, we're going to spend a year overcoming yeah. the deadly sins, and now we're going to get you to practice virtue. So I always say, you know, get the book Victory Over Vice and the Seven Virtues. And we released a combo book. You can find it on Amazon. It's called Victory Over Vice and the Seven Virtues together. So you can work on the sins and practice virtue, become a saint, right? Right there. So I always say those two books really have changed my life. And I recommend them all the time, right? Um, you know, and then from there, it's all a matter of, you know, what do you love? Like if you if you love writings on the Blessed Virgin Mary, there's the world's first love. And that, she, that Shane actually said that was his favorite book to write uh, because he loved the Blessed Virgin Mary. He spoke about her all the time. And in fact, I think he's quoted as saying that he hopes that, you know, when he dies and he stands before God, that he's going to hear God say, Fulton Sheen, my mother has spoken a lot about you <laughs> and you're okay. <laughs> and your, my, your mother has spoken well of you. So uh, well done, good and faithful servant. So he just trusted in her so much that uh, she was going to help him get to heaven. In fact, his coat of arms that he had made when he became a bishop, uh, it says, da venere, which means that I may come to Jesus through the mother. He truly knew that it's, it's to Jesus through Mary. And so, um, again, his book, his book, The World's First Love. Oh, no. We lost him. <clears throat> Let's give him a second here. Yeah, I think you were going to say something. What is it? A, was it a question for Alan? Well, it was just kind of a comment. So the first one of uh, Fulton Sheen's books I had read was uh, The Way to Happiness, I think it was. Because I, I, uh, mm -hmm. I, so I did a promotional video for this channel where it was, um, it wasn't for this channel, it was for my other one, where it was uh, that book collection of five books that Tan produced a while ago of all of his books in hardcover with those really nice looking covers. And so I ordered them. And the first one I started reading was The Way to Happiness. And the two things I took away from it, too, the first one was um, someone can be incredibly deep in speech. Ah, he's back. I'm oh, back. Okay. Yeah. Back. Technology. I told you we talked earlier. Yeah. No it's great when it works. Now, I think I was telling you about 
Sheen's writings on the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, everybody, the world's first love is a go-to. And The Seven Words of Jesus and Mary is another great book because she, Mary leads by example. She really does. The Blessed Virgin Mary does a beautiful job in helping us become saints. She says, you know, like, you know, a good parent would say, imitate your mother, imitate your dad. I'll show you how to do it. And so we look to the times that Our Lady spoke in sacred scripture, the seven times that she spoke, she gives us a great example. You know, she mm -hmm. says yes to God. She visits her cousin Elizabeth. So she teaches us how to be charitable, how to bring Jesus to others. Of course, she seeks the Lord when she had been, they had lost him for three days. And, and many of us lose the Lord and we come back to him. We seek him. We thirst for him. Um, all of these things that Mary can teach us, it's so important. So that book, The Seven Words of Jesus and Mary, uh, are, is, is a valuable uh, book to understand the Blessed Virgin Mary and how to read um, more of how did you say, how do we do this? How do I fall in love yeah. with the Blessed Virgin Mary? Well, read Sheen's The Seven Words of Jesus and Mary, and he'll, she'll help you. But uh, again, all of Sheen's writings on the cross are very powerful. Um, I put together a book back in 2018 called The Cries of Jesus from the Cross. It was a, you know, a, a collection of Sheen's seven last words homilies. And, you know, we've on our eighth printing, I think about 30,000 copies have been sold mm -hmm. over the years. It's, it's, a, it's a favorite for so many people to just enjoy Sheen's wisdom on the seven last words. And so that book's called The Cries of Jesus from the Cross. I always recommend uh, that book. And of course, Life of Christ is a classic that Fulton Sheen penned in 1958. Uh, it's a beautiful yeah. Lexio Divina of uh, the scriptures. And so, uh, again, the world's first love, life of Christ, victory over vice, the seven virtues, and of course, the seven words of Jesus and Mary and the cries of Jesus from the cross. There's my six picks for you. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, we can keep going. But um, I, I think it's this whole thing. How do I fall in love with Jesus? Well, you know, there's a way. And of course, it's the power of the cross uh, and what he did for us, how he died on the cross for us. So, uh, and he gave us that great homily from Mount Calvary. Yes, there's the, the Mount of Beatitudes. And we always think of that great sermon. But there's also that sermon from Mount Calvary, the other mount that's so important. So uh, mm -hmm. to meditate on that each day. Yeah, it's a great answer. And it's a great list. I think, uh, James, what book were you talking about? Uh, well, so uh, moment of... I, I don't have nearly the same experience with Fulton Sheen as, uh, as our uh, beloved guest here does. So my recommendations are a lot more shaky. But I uh, there was this group of books that Tan put together earlier this year where it was uh, five hardcover editions of his more sort of popular level books. And I had uh, I'd ordered that right after it came out because I had actually promoted it for a brand deal we were doing with this channel. And uh, you, you brought up earlier that thing of like having to put down a Fulton Sheen book like every five minutes to just walk around and think about it. I was reading, I think it was The Way to Happiness. And it was literally every four or five pages. You, you could just audibly hear my mind breaking as I was reading this. Like I remember he, he had this criticism of sort of Freudian psychology. And for a significant proportion of my life, I, I couldn't tell you why, but I had a kind of like low-lying suspicion of really secular styles of therapy, but I never knew why. So I didn't talk about it because it was one of those things where I, I looked at it askance, but I didn't know why. And then I read Fulton Sheen's criticism of therapy without this understanding of the need to write one's connection to God. And it's kind of like, oh, that's why. 
I never thought that before, but that's that's what I've been thinking this entire time without realizing it. <laughs> yeah, so go but go. You, no, you have to put the books down. Like I mean, you you read them, put them down, read them, put them down, and you know, the way to happiness is one of those classic books. And uh, I applaud Tan Books for when they brought out that signature series, uh, mm -hmm. those five books, the, especially the book on communism. Uh, that was great that they did that. And so uh, these are all things. So I always just say to people, you know, pick one, start with that, and uh, you'll be hooked. And the next thing you know, you'll be like me, you read 20 books in the first year, and you just keep going. So uh, they're all keepers. They really are. They really are. And yeah. for anyone who's just listened to his uh, lectures before or just watched his show, understand that he is shockingly depth in speech. He is somehow even deeper in writing. It sounds almost impossible as a sales pitch, but a person that is as depth as he, as in depth as he is when speaking becomes like three times more in depth when he's writing, mm -hmm. and it's it's just as enjoyable to read the books as to watch them. Like you'll just be sitting there gliding along the books, and it's not that they're hard to read; it's just they're hard to read without your mind disintegrating as it's going on because you have to sit there and like, well, my whole worldview just changed. Yeah, and what's what's beautiful for a lot of us is because we know his voice now. When, when I read a Fulton Sheen book, I hear him, I hear his voice reading it to me. I, as I read, I can hear his voice in the background, like as, in, as, a, as he's dictating the book to me. And, you know, I, I try to make it easy for people. People always say, okay, Al, you know the books inside out. You know Fulton Sheen's, um, you know, body of work. And, and years ago, I just said, you know, I'm going to make it easy for everyone and I'm just going to put together collection books on themes. Uh, I mentioned earlier the book, The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, which was my first yeah. book that I published with Sophia Institute Press. And it was seven of his books on the seven last words. Put them together. Uh, many people read that book during the Lenten season. It's his homilies from those years. Um, and, of course, he talks about virtue, vice, the Beatitudes, uh, the difficult people, um, all this stuff. It's a great read. And it's a collection of Sheen's writings on the seven last words. So I did that in 2018. And then I realized he wrote so much on prayer that I put together a book of his, uh, all of his best writings on prayer. And I called that book, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. It's his writings on the Holy Hour, the Our Father, the Mass, uh, so much good stuff. And so that book is his... Uh, I'm making it easy, saying, you know, here's four of his best books on prayer in one book. Um, and then I thought, you know, his writings on the sacraments. And so I took Three to Get Married, which is one of his most popular books that he penned in 1951. And then These Are the Sacraments, a book from 1962. Because it's that beautiful cycle of getting married, having children, giving them the sacraments. They then leave home, get married, have children sacraments so it's this thing so give families this book on the sacraments and marriage and call it archbishop sheen's book of sacraments and that was the third book i did with sophia institute press and then the fourth book was on god's love you know fulton sheen god love you uh his book from 1944 called love one another how we can all get along and so i put that together in a collection so uh, his writings on god's love and the latest book that I put together was his writings on war and peace. And in fact, Fulton Sheen's name in Gaelic, he's got Irish background, but the Gaelic translation of his name is that Fulton in Gaelic means war 
and Sheen in Gaelic means peace. And so his name actually translates war and peace. And so we put together his writings uh, during the war years into that um, anthology. So, so okay. I have five books that I put together. I call it the legacy series because it's his legacy they left behind. But I just try to make it easy for people to say, here, here's seven books on the cross. Enjoy that. Here's four books on prayer. Enjoy that. Here's two books on God's love. Enjoy that. You know, so uh, it's the anthologies through Sophia Institute Press. And I tell you, we give everyone a 25% discount at Sophia Institute Press. So uh, if you visit the website, you can use the promo code SHEEN25 and you'll get a 25% discount on your order. So, and it can be SHEEN books or anything that Sophia carries. Um, so again, it's that 25% discount to, uh, all those who love Sheen, uh, use the promo code during checkout and save some money. So it's all good. Yeah. I'll we'll have to put that in the description I'll yes, put that in after the fact. Yeah. Um, Sophiainstitute.com is their website. So, but we'll do that in the show notes later. So that's great. Yeah. I'd say, I guess my final question. Ooh, what was that, James? Go ahead. Well, I said it's a good business move on their part because you start reading Fulton Sheen, you're going to start reading more books overall. So when you're uh, marketing books and you, yeah, you get people reading yeah. Fulton Sheen, next thing you know, it's like, I, I need to read a considerably larger amount than I have been up to this point. Right. Yeah. No, and they, they've, they carry all of the best authors. I mean, Sophia Institute Press is one of the largest publishers in, in America. Um, you know, Tam Books does a great business too. And, um, you know, many of us are always looking for our codes to receive a discount. And so that promo code SHEEN25 is excellent for um, that. I mean, I can give you the promo code for Tan Books too. I, I you know, don't want to steal anybody's yeah. thunder. We always, uh, always think <laughs> the word SHEEN gets you a long way, <laughs> always gets you a discount. So uh, it's all good. But it's this, at the end of the day, you know, you can never just have one book. You need a couple. So go in, order a few online, and you've got some good uh, reading either for the summer, the fall, the winter, or the spring. But uh, Sheen is always classic. You, he'll never steer you wrong. Yeah. And so on the other hand, uh, what's your favorite episode of Fulton Sheen's television series, Life is Worth Living? Well, I, I'm partial to Angels uh, because... I have a, a beautiful devotion to my guardian angel. I've, um, it's been one of these since my childhood. I've, I've had, you know, a, a real good relationship with my guardian angel. We talk, uh, we talk a lot, kind of a Padre Pio thing. Um, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't ever profess to seeing my guardian angel. I don't, but I do uh, play rock paper scissors with my guardian angel once in a while. But yeah. I love angels. Good thing to do. Yeah, but no, I. I Fulton Sheen's show on on angels is one of my favorites because he's just reminding us we have to think of things of heaven. It's like the angels are here to assist us. Uh, it is about getting to heaven and we need all the help we can get. And so, um, you know, the great airlines, TWA, well, it was travel with angels. So, um, you know, I want to travel with my angels. So uh, to answer your question, my I'm I'm partial to uh, the show on angels. Um, uh, it was quite comical, but again, he he brings to light that we need to have uh, as much help as possible to get to heaven, and our angels can truly help us. And I say yeah. angels. I think I wonder if some people have to <laughs> have to do some church re reading of uh, some of the doctors of the church. If uh, it is possible to have more than 
one guardian angel. <laughs> That's you can do a show on that. Maybe I'm not so sure. But, yeah. Uh, there we go. Yeah. See. Uh, yeah. Just that devotion to angels. Let me pull up a book in five seconds. So angel <laughs> spirituality. Okay. Uh, there you go. And I was actually reading um, Aloysius's gone. Not Aloysius's, but. Aloysius Gonzaga's book on angels by Tan. They just like released okay. a book that was never before in English. Uh, so it's just meditations on the holy angels. That's another good book. Um, I'm sure that's yeah. on the Sophia Institute. Right. Website. And if I could give another shameless plug. Uh, to yeah, the go holy, ahead. The holy face of Jesus. I, um, when I give parish missions, yes, I, I speak about Fulton Sheen, his writings, and uh, but I always bring the holy face with me. Um, because, you know, Fulton Sheen, uh, many people don't know this, he was a third-order Carmelite. And so in 1948, of course, he made his profession. And um, and priests are allowed to be third-order things. You know, they can be third-order Dominicans, third-order Carmelites. So he loved Carmel, and he loved St. Therese. Uh, in fact, he gave a novena of talks on uh, St. Therese in Ireland, and there's a book uh, that has been published by Tan Books called, um, you know, A Treasured Love Story. Uh, Sheen's love for St. Therese of the Child Jesus and the Holy Face. And so when you think about Sheen's writings on the Holy Hour and meeting God face to face, spending time with him, and that our Lord is hidden in the Eucharist, but we do seek his face and all the scriptures about, Lord, show us thy face and we shall be saved. Um, there, there's this beautiful connection between the Holy Face, St. Therese, and Fulton Sheen. So uh, I always encourage people to develop a devotion to the Holy Face. Put a picture of the Holy Face um, on your desk. Uh, of course, put a crucifix on your desk, because Fulton Sheen said, you know, I give people the three-day challenge. He'd say, put a crucifix on your desk for three days and we'll change you because you'll look at it. It will involve you. And of course, you start to have that conversation with God. So uh, the holy face and the crucifix are uh, what I like to do. I like to say to people, uh, try them. And of course, there was that story of St. Vincent de Paul who uh, had a troubled child that uh, needed a little bit of help. And he just challenged this little young boy to take a picture of the holy face with him and just to look at the holy face just a few minutes each day and the first night he looked at the holy face and kind of threw it down quickly second night he spent a bit more time with the holy face and by the end of the week he realized that it was his his own sin that had uh, of course hurt our lord and he was running to the priest for his confession he says father i'm ready to go to confession and so looking upon the crucifix looking upon the holy face of jesus can touch our heart and bring us to that conversion and to make reparation for our many sins. So uh, beautiful devotion. I just want to give a shameless plug to the Holy yeah. Face of Jesus. That's a, it's a really great plug. And you've um, mentioned earlier, but you've really brought it back to Jesus. You brought this show back to Jesus quite a um, few times. So Fulton Sheen would be proud and he'd be proud of all your work as well. So um, yeah, should we end it here? I, I guess we're about a little over an hour. Any last questions, James? Um, I don't have any burning last questions that come to mind. Yeah, this is a good note to end on, really. So, um, yeah, your work, like uh, you mentioned the books quite a bit. Uh, so everyone, I, rec I recommend everyone to go check out those books. Um, like, are there any other things that your organization is doing that people should check out? Yeah, yeah really, again, it's it's getting Sheen into people's lives. And, 
you know, some of us love books. So of course for the bookies, you know, order books on Amazon, order books through their, you know, their own little, like I always like to buy local if I can, but you know, we have our places that we buy books. So uh, lots of places to buy Fulton Sheen books. Uh, but again, many of us love to just listen. Uh, we always have our earbuds in. And so, you know, upload, download Sheen's talks and get them going. I know I like to go for drives and I always have, you know, Fulton Sheen on my, my cell phone and I just play it through the car stereo and listen to Sheen. Um, of course, his audio recordings are fabulous, but even his videos uh, still move you. And uh, we've tried to put over a hundred of them onto our, our little web server, bishopsheentoday.com. So you can watch, you know, season one of Fulton Sheen's Life is Worth Listen, Living Broadcast, season two, season three, you know. So we just try to put as much of the stuff we could find that's on the internet and let you enjoy it. So uh, again, watch Sheen, listen to Sheen or read Sheen. Uh, you can find it all at bishopsheentoday.com. So that's what we do. And uh, again, that's a great saying of Fulton Sheen, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. It's it's about saving in souls and including our own if we can. And mm -hmm. so we need all the help we can get. And I'm convinced that saints pick us a lot of times. And uh, in my case, Fulton Sheen tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, I, I want to pick you. Can you help me out with this? Because uh, mm -hmm. it's all about bringing souls to Jesus. And uh, who better than Fulton Sheen? His record speaks for himself, hundreds of thousands of souls uh, brought to the faith, brought to Christ. And of course, he did it with the power of the cross, uh, the power of the Holy Hour, the Eucharist, and just that um, sincerity that he cares. He would look into our eyes and uh, just say, hey, again, God has a plan for you. Uh, your life is worth living. Remember that. And those little words of encouragement keep us going. And so I leave that with you today. So um, the beautiful sign off that Fulton Sheen said, you know, God love you, um, is, is so true today. I mean, we need to say that to everyone. God love you. So I say it to you. And thank you for hosting me today. So Michael and James, God love you. And of course, uh, love to come back again. We could talk for another hour, I'm sure. For sure. For Fulton Sheen. Yeah, God love you as well. Um, God love you. Very honorable mission, um, very honorable apostolate. Uh, and you're a treasure trove of knowledge as well. I'm sure like people came to this episode expecting to learn about Fulton Sheen, but they they learned a lot about the spiritual life as well. So you, you put the two together in a nice, really nice way. So um, I know we've been playing the show for like probably two months. I kind of reached out to you. Then I kind of took a two month break away from the podcast just to kind of get everything uh, in a better, a better foundation uh, before we go nonprofit. Um, yeah, it, uh, it more than surpassed my expectations. So thank you for coming on and thank you, James, for co-hosting. You helped me out quite a bit. Uh, and so, yeah, may God love all the viewers, everyone who watches this until the end of time. So remember life is worth living. Amen. And that dog agrees. I heard somebody's dog barking. Yeah, that's, that's mine. I have a, I have a, I have a schnauzer. She. She does not know what silence is. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to turn on some Fulton Sheen for her. And she'll <laughs> yes. We'll roll the outro. Uh -huh.